Hello, this is Aaron Eckhart, and you are listening to Center Stage with Mark Gordon, the beautiful one and only Mark Gordon. Welcome to Center Stage. My name is Mark Gordon. On this program, we're going to talk with Jacob Chase, the writer and director of a new film called Come Play. Center Stage, Center Stage, Center, Center, Center Stage. Center Stage. A lot of uh, horror films they they rely on violence to scare people, and yours is more, yours is suspenseful and it's more psychological. And you've got some compelling characters. Tell me how you uh, you develop this story. Yeah, well, well, thank you for for saying that. I mean, that's that's what I was going for. Uh, it, you know, this this started as a short film actually called Larry. It was five minutes and and super simple about a guy in a parking lot attendant booth who discovers an iPad with this children's storybook on it. And basically, the short film was an exercise in suspense and creating atmosphere in a very short amount of time and introduced the character of Larry. But when I got the opportunity to expand it into a feature for Amblin, you know, first I was jumping for joy. And then uh, after I sort of calmed myself down and, and got down to work, you know, I, I wanted to figure out sort of who would be the, the characters at the center of this that would be the most haunted and horrified by uh, a creature trying to access them through their technology. And, and that's sort of what led me to this character of Oliver, who's a young boy on the autism spectrum, who, who's nonverbal and needs his devices to communicate with the world. And, and so I sort of ran with, with that. I, I have a very close connection to the autism community. My wife works with kids on the spectrum. So it's a world I've sort of had a window to for a while. And including a character like that at the center was, was you know, really important for me for many reasons. But, you know, chiefly, it, it works really well for the horror story. You want the people at the center of your movie to be the people who will be, that the hell they go through will be the worst hell of any other characters. In a horror film, unfortunately, you're kind of torturing your main characters, as painful as that can be as a writer, to do to them. You want people that you care about that are going through their own struggles separate from the horror world, but that the horror that happens to them is amplifying whatever their struggles already are. So I was reading that uh, you won the uh, Doritos challenge. So you got to do the Super Bowl commercial, which is very clever. So from that, you got introduced to Zack Schneider, who uh, basically mentored you when he was doing Justice League. Were you more excited about getting the Doritos commercial or being able to work with uh, Mr. Schneider? <laughs> uh, well... All of it was amazing. Uh, I mean, winning the Doritos competition, of course, led to a big cash prize, which was was great. Um, I also, the, the thing got to air during the Super Bowl, which was the biggest audience in the world. And then getting to shadow Zack Snyder was, was just equally amazing because I, I got to spend a ton of time on set with, with him and the whole crew and, and learned a lot about making a movie. So when I got to make Come Play, I had a lot of extra knowledge besides my years of working in the industry, but like actually being on a set of, of the scale of Justice League was instrumental in me sort of learning how to work with, with crew and cast of that caliber when I got to do it on Come Play. What were some of the, uh, the challenges that you faced making Come Play? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's a ton of challenges. Uh, you know, first and foremost, probably working with 
a kid is is challenging not because i mean Eji is amazing we found the, the most perfect kid for the role uh working with him personally was great his, his parents are amazing but the the hours you get with a kid uh are very limited he is in 99 of the movie and we, we had him only for five hours a day and so we would end up shooting scenes and then he'd have to leave and I'd have to, you know, have a bunch of photo doubles for him, you know, for the adults to act off of and stuff, which was always challenging, both for me and for the adult actors, Gillian and John. And, and then probably the other big challenge I would say was the way we, we did the Larry creature was as a big practical puppet, the, the Jim Henson creature shop created and it's amazing and it's exactly how I wanted to do it. It was very important to me that it was a practical creature, but of course, like that adds time and, and expense and and preparation. Once we sort of realized what it was going to take, we planned ahead. I'm a big planner. I am, uh, I'm someone that just, I'm an, full of anxiety. And so I like to just know what I'm going to do ahead of time. So I storyboard everything. And, and once I sort of realized what these struggles were going to be early on, once we got on set, we were actually able to conquer them all because we had plans. The um, Larry creature is very creepy. And it's that... Uh... It's, it's that clicking sound that it makes. It's that rickety, because yeah. he's just bones, isn't he? Yeah, no, the sound design uh, is, is really important to the character, especially because we don't see him that often in the movie. You know, I, I tried to keep him hidden for as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, the sound, look, I mean, we had an amazing sound team um, led by Joe Zubin at, at Formosa, and the direction I would sort of give them was like, I want this to sound put aside creepy and, and eerie, for a second and like i just want this to sound painful like he is he is in pain when he moves uh, both in in the sound of his joints his bones and his moaning uh i want him to sound like it it takes a lot of work to be him to try to reach you in that way the sound helped helped us empathize with the character which is something that i was was yearning for because larry is Yes, he's the bad guy in the movie, but but ultimately he he has something that we can all I think relate with, which is a sense of loneliness and is desperate for a friend. Two things just resonates with this. One is the uh, the film Frankenstein, the monster, because that's all he wanted. He that monster wanted to connect, and then also this notion about during COVID nineteen, where we're all isolated. And we've lost that sense of human connection. And so yeah. this theme is very universal. You know, Larry's a tragic, uh, he's a tragic character because he's just misunderstood. He just wants love and acceptance. Yeah. Frankenstein was a big reference point for me. It's something we talked about, you know, because it's a, he's a character, the monster is, that is scary to people. He hurts people, but it's all, he doesn't mean to, he doesn't know his own strength. He's new to this world, right? And so you end up caring about Frankenstein's monster quite a bit. The state of the world right now is obviously not something we planned for when, when we made this movie, but it, it does feel more important than ever to like be aware of our loneliness and our lack of connection with people. Like I never wanted to make this movie that was like anti-technology, right? Like the technology is the thing that turns on people in this, yes, but technology can also be wonderful, you know? And, and in this time where we are separated from one another, we're able to see each other through technology. So, so just like anything else, like it can be used for good or abused. And, you know, in the movie, we, we get to see both as well. Do you see part of yourself in this film? I mean, yeah, of course. I, I am, 
anything I write, I mean, is has a bit of myself in it because you just got to have that, you know, I try to put my whole heart and soul in everything I write, even all the stuff that doesn't get made, um, which is why it hurts so much when they, <laughs> when they don't get made. But yeah, I mean, look, I was a lonely kid growing up. I, I didn't have a ton of friends and I was, I was often envious of the other people in school that did. And even to this day, I mean, I'm someone that's generally, I mean, I have a very, I have a lovely family now. I'm married, you know, like I, I, I can't say that I'm nearly the lonely kid I was, but I definitely still empathize with those around me who are and and with the sense of like not always feeling like I belong, uh, which is how Oliver feels. Why horror for your first feature film? What is it about uh, horror movies that uh, intrigues you? Well, I've always loved horror. I mean, I used to run a haunted house for many years, so it's it's like a, a world I've been involved in for, for a long time. In fact, the Larry monster initially came out of a costume I had made for the haunted house. Uh, that's the costume that I used for the short film. And what it is, is that it's the, the greatest sort of audience experience, I think. You know, when you watch a, a horror movie, uh, it's one of the few genres that like kind of demand you pay attention in the theater, that demand everybody interact with the film. You are not just making a movie about the characters on screen, you are making a movie sort of in conversation with the audience. You are, you know, striving for those nervous giggles and people to be on the edge of their seat and the screams and hopefully the tears and all the good stuff that comes with both the horror and the humor and emotion in this movie. So it's really, it's, it's about that group experience that was the thing that drew me to this genre, I think. What originally drew you to become a filmmaker? My parents would take me to Disneyland when I was a kid, luckily, and I didn't care about the rides very much, but I would be obsessed with the shows and parades and I would like go dressed up as characters and I'd be like, I want to do that. And I begged my mom one day to let me audition for a regional production of Peter Pan uh, and I got a part as a lost boy and I was hooked, no pun intended there. And then when I started acting in film and TV, I, I saw sort of the behind the scenes apparatus of what the director did, who the sort of people were pulling the strings of really um, garnering these emotional responses from people and creating the worlds that I grew up loving, like E.T. and Jaws and Poltergeist and these, you know, some of my favorite films growing up. And once I realized sort of how that was made, you know, who created the emotions that I was feeling watching those things, I was just like, I gotta, I gotta try to do that. And I kind of have never stopped from eight years old till now. I'm still just trying to make that dream a reality. It's uh, very, very cool that uh, at such a young age, you had that sense of awareness of, of what really intrigued you and what you wanted to do. So many young people don't have that. They'll, they might go to a set and to them, they're just focused on the acting, but you were really, you were really looking around at, um, at all the other, all the other elements that were available to you. And what a great, uh, great masterclass for you. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was probably like the annoying little kid on set that was like asking the DP all these questions and the director and stuff. And uh, I remember like forcing my, my friends in school after to like come over and like act in my little high eight you know, short films I would, I would make. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, it was, there was no better schooling than just like being a part of filmmaking. What kind of advice would you have for someone that uh, is just starting out that wants to make their first feature film because so many things are involved? Advice is always just one person's experience. Um, but I, I will say that from my, my limited experience, I'm not going to tell you what happened for me because again, mine is just my 
one experience, but I have a ton of friends who are also have made movies and are working within the studio system. And the, the one commonality between everybody um, and it's not talent, uh, although a lot of them are talented, uh, but it's all just very hard work. I mean, it is just constant nonstop work and, and it's a numbers game. You know, it is not putting all your eggs in one cool project idea you have. It is becoming less precious with your work and just putting more and more out there because the more you put out there, the more chances you have to have somebody respond and have something get made. You know, it's buying tickets to the lottery and every time you write something new or edit something new or act in something new or direct a new short film, it's another opportunity to make something great, to learn from it, and eventually, hopefully, have people discover your stuff. There's uh, countless things you learn making a movie. I I think, uh, you know, the the big, honestly, a big thing I learned was kind of on the first day, which was, you know, I showed up to set after months of pre-production and months of writing and, you know, all that. And, you know, I still, I got a ton of anxiety that first day because I see like all these trailers and trucks and hundreds of crew members. And you sort of like, you've been around all of them individually, but like seeing them all together was overwhelming. And you, you think like, how am I in charge of this? Like, what am I doing? And then when I got onto set and it be, you know, I got between the camera and the actors and it was just me and the, you know, Maxine, the DP and, and the cast and the rest of the apparatus kind of disappeared from my mind, I realized it was um, exactly the same as everything else I'd ever done. You know, every short film I'd made, every commercial I'd directed or whatever, like this was ultimately no different. It was just about creating realistic, natural moments on camera in the most interesting, compelling way you can. And once I sort of realized that, I was able to let my anxiety disappear and, and forget the larger apparatus and just, yeah, try to make something small and special and, and try to be truthful to the words on the page. What would you like an audience to go away with after they see your film come play? Hopefully they had a great time, first of all. But, but I, you know, look, I wanted to make something that was full of empathy. Uh, and, and I think... Think we need a little bit more empathy in the world um i know that maybe sounds lofty coming from what is billed as a horror film but but the movie you know has a lot of heart in it and it's about characters that are not exactly maybe like you and you know everyone is is struggling in the film with with something that makes each of them lonely in their own way and and i hope that audiences are able to empathize with these characters that maybe they haven't seen before and really bring that to their real life and, and learn to empathize with those around them as well. I even noticed this theme in the film. It's what's the ultimate sacrifice you'll make for someone that you care about and love. And that's a really powerful theme. I mean, it's, it's, it's very unique for a, a horror film to have it, this message that's almost hopeful, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I was going for, for sure. And, you know, when I showed Steven Spielberg the first cut of the movie, you know, I was very nervous. And then he came in and he was, he loved it, luckily. And he said, you know, I'm calling this a compassionate horror film. And I was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly the right word for it. And it's something we've sort of been repeating ever since, because it does feel like what I was trying to make was a compassionate horror film. How nervous were you meeting Sir Steven? Sir Spielberg? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> incredibly nervous, uh, you know, not only to meet him, but then for him to, you know, read the script and give me notes and, and all that. I mean, at some point, you have to forget who he is and just listen to his brilliance and his ideas and thoughts. And uh, it was amazing. I, I was very nervous at first, but then it was, I mean, incredibly lucky and joyous and such a fun experience working with him in any degree in this film. Well, what a wonderful gift that he gave you and that you've given us with this film. And uh, keep your passion alive and your intention as well, because uh, it's very refreshing to talk with you, just to see how your outlook and the way you perceive your movies and also the preparation. That's why you're good. Thank you so much. Uh, We've been talking with uh, Jacob Chase, and the name of the film is Come Play. For more on Center Stage, visit stageandscreen.com. And hey, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Until next time, this is Mark Gordon, and I'll see you center stage. Center stage, center stage, center, center, center stage. Center stage. Hello, this is Homer Simpson. Whenever I want to know what's going on in the entertainment world, I listen to Center Stage with Mark Gordon. (laughs) Hehehe.